It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. start this episode, you guys, completely differently than I ever have before. I'm going to begin with a sound and you get to guess. Okay, so here's a hint. It's something you eat and people are obsessed with spanning the globe to find the ones that are, okay, here's the big hint. Crunchy on the outside, but soft on the inside. So listen. Oh my God. Oh, this is crunchy on the outside and soft on the inside. That is the sound of a fresh, hot, award-winning bagel that has taken New York City by storm. And by the way, that is no small feat considering New York is the capital of the world for bagel connoisseurs. I mean, people have fights. They have huge arguments about who's got the best bagel. But it's kind of official right now. Pop-Up Bagel has won the People's Choice Award at the Brooklyn Bagel Fest, but You guys know this isn't the Food Channel. This is Everyone Talks to Liz. So you know there's an amazing success story behind Pop-Up. And when I say success, try this. Actor Paul Rudd loves them so much, he worked the front counter at the brand new opening of the Pop-Up Bagel Store in Manhattan. He, along with Olympian Michael Phelps, former New York Giants star Michael Strahan, and other major celebrities are putting their money where their mouth is. They are investing in the company. So who disrupted the bagel to get all this attention and success? Okay, this guy Adam Goldberg was working... I, I, it's like I can't even say this, a flood mitigation company. That's where he was working when the pandemic hit. Now, whereas most of us began doing what we all did, right? Baking banana bread, tie-dyeing T-shirts, drinking quarantinis. Adam and his cousin were stuck in a social distancing bubble together, and they decided, you know what, let's just start trying out bagel recipes and letting neighbors taste test. The bagels became such a hit that people would line up at the window of his house. But how did he turn that window of opportunity, get it, into serious dough? Popping up in my podcast studio today is Adam Goldberg, founder of Pop Up Bagels. Oh, that sound. Wait, listen, listen. Oh, hot that bagels. Is, that is, and they're hot. Oh, my God. These are so good. Adam, yes. you, you disrupted the bagel? I Somehow we did. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I, I can't believe. But I was totally obsessed with the fact that you worked in flood mitigation. Yeah, I for twelve years. Twelve years. I I've protected half of downtown Manhattan and Boston and Washington D.C. <laughs> throughout the whole country um, with barriers that can be deployed when a flood is coming. And, and yet, it was a result right of Hurricane Sandy. Everyone needed to buy something, and I had a license to a product that we sold everywhere. And everything kind of shut down during the pandemic, and and that leads you to and um, all that mitigation money went to pandemic instead of floods so it left me uh drinking burgundy wines (laughs) and making sourdough breads (laughs) you started with sourdough i remember sourdough recipes were swirling around uh, probably the whole nation but there was the make sourdough and it was you didn't need yeast i think right no you could make your own starter and you had nothing else to do so you just made a starter that's correct right right find yeast you couldn't find flour i once traded flour for a case of wine in the parking lot 
of a store in Darien, Connecticut. What? It was the shadiest transaction, but I had the whole wheat flour that this guy needed. He was in the wine business, and he gave me a case of French wine for it. Bartering during the pandemic. Yeah, remember that? I remember that. Okay, so you're you're making sourdough bread. Were you a baker before? Never, never. Always a cook, always an entertainer, always like to smile. Um, you know, my two favorite things to do in life were to throw parties and to play guitar on stage for people. Oh, you play guitar? I do. Not very well. Uh, but I've got like I've got like a four song repertoire that just crushes okay, it. Okay, I, I play I play the bass guitar not very well, and I have a two song repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, maybe we cross. We'll talk after the show. <laughs> Let's uh, jam. So so I was making sourdough like everyone else, and then one day in July of 2020, it was so hot out. And this is a true story. It's about eight o'clock in the morning. We're having margaritas in my pool, and I looked at my cousin Jeff, who was over for the week, and I said. You know, or I said it or he said it. It's so hot. Like, we can't eat sourdough again today. Let's make bagels. That was it. So you Googled a recipe? How, yeah. how did you find we out? We Googled with like three or four recipes. We looked at the best of each recipe, kind of took pointers from everything, learned how to shape them, learned how to work with them. Um, he had worked at a bagel store when he was like 13 or 14 years old. So he kind of knew some technique. Um, and we just made bagels for like two or three days in a row. And they... They brought back like childhood. They just tasted so good. And remember, I've been locked in my house now for three or four months. I haven't really been to a bagel store in a while. And I was like, wow, I really miss bagels. Like, this is so nice to have. And on the fourth day, my beautiful, loving, supporting wife um, (laughs) told us to get out of the kitchen. And she loves when I tell the story because it always makes her sound bad, but actually she's amazing mm-hmm. and fully supportive. But she was tired of it and said, get out of the kitchen. So we went to the bagel stores. And what we realized were we didn't miss the bagels that we had been eating for the last 20 years. We missed the bagels from our childhood. And by not having them for a few months, we forgot how bad bagels had become oh, yeah, in a majority the, of stores in America. I will say the majority of bagels that you pick up they're they're just like a hockey puck of dough yeah and you need the crunch on the outside and then that fresh softness but not doughy on the inside right. and uh, to me so how many pass and fails did you did you have to work on here uh we fig- i figured it out within about a week what did you tweak that made it your own uh, just a little bit. I, I use some super premium flowers um, I use no artificial ingredients really. Um, I don't use sourdough, you know, this is a a yeasted product and, uh, I just, you know, I just made it a little different than everyone else. It's kind of a big leap to go from, oh, look, I figured this recipe out to suddenly people are, are coming to the house. Okay. Explain that. Yeah. Um, so my wife was a photographer and she would do a sunrise session throughout COVID and every morning she was up at like 5am taking pictures at sunrise. And I had nothing else to do, so I would text friends, be like, bagel window's open tomorrow. And that meant I was getting up at 5 a.m. making bagels, and by 7.30, 8 o'clock, there'd be five, six, seven dozen bagels. Come grab a few through the window. I wasn't selling them. Just enjoy. And uh, two months later, I got some texts from people that were like, hey, how come I'm not getting your bagels? Who am I to you? Like, you're giving them bagels, not me? And it was like Operation Tertiary Woodwork happened. And I was like, let's just... Do a fundraiser. So we raised money for uh, to help feed kids, uh, and we I sold six bagels for twenty bucks. That was the first time I ever sold the bagels. We raised a little over a thousand dollars to support 
you know, children who were hungry. And I realized, like, chefs were showing up to my house to get the bagels. And I was like, what? Can't you just make your own? And, it, you know, you, when, you're, when you're in it, you don't realize. Like, to right. me, it was just easy. I was just doing this thing. And everyone's like, no, you need to sell these. Um, so uh, Rachel and Bill Taby, who own three restaurants in Connecticut, um, friends of ours, mm-hmm. uh, they said, look, you've got to borrow our restaurant. you got to go sell these bagels in the kitchen. And we set up, I said, I'm not going to do it unless I know people are showing up. So I set up a website, popupbagels.com. We looked, you know, I wanted to be Goldberg's, but Goldberg's was taken. I wanted to be famous Goldberg's, but that was taken. So we took pop-up bagels. (laughs) And then we remembered that in 2016 in a bar in Reykjavik called Pablo Disco Bar, the gentleman next to us, when we asked if he was famous, said, nah, I'm not famous, but I'm known. Oh. And we had said, we need to use that one day. Okay. And I immediately Googled, not famous but known. Has anyone ever said it? Has anyone ever done anything with it? It's never been printed everywhere, ever. So we trademarked that right away, called ourselves Papa Bagels, set up a website, set up an Instagram account, and that was like October of 2020. Well, there's something about not famous but known that conjures up a, hold on, this is kind of that secret that people pass to one another. It makes it a cult favorite yeah, yeah and not everybody can get their hands on it but then everybody wanted their hands on this yeah yeah so what was the next step you took when you began to realize wait this is this is something and um well i'm still not back at my flood mitigation job <laughs> <laughs> well, so the first thing i did was uh hire a high school kid who could help mix the dough because at the time we were actually mixing dough by hand so making 30 40 50 dozen by hand on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Is that killing selling your them fingers? And- it, my wrist was ready to fall off. It was absolute <laughs> brutality. Um, but I met this guy, Jasper, who was amazing. Still owns a piece of the business now. He's off at college in Europe. Um, but he uh, he helped me, and we started borrowing kitchens and just selling our bagels online in advance by the dozen. I think at the time it was like $36 for a dozen and two cream cheeses. I set up a deal with a local restaurant, if I sell the bagels, you could sell the cream cheese. And I figured like, oh, we'll sell 50 dozen bagels on a Saturday, and this guy can make you know $500 selling cream cheese. The problem was three months later, he was selling $7,000 worth of cream cheese. Stop. Yeah, in a weekend. Are you kidding? No. It went that quickly? It went that quickly. By March of 2021, it was so popular that we had to set up a subscription service so that people guaranteed they would get our bagels every week and not get shut out from the on sale. Okay, wait. So now my head is exploding. <laughs> you you open a website. It, it's almost like how it used to be when they would open up the Soul Cycle week. We have been compared to the Soul Cycle bike many times. Okay, because they, they open it on a certain day for the whole week and everybody just slams the website. That's what it was. Under 30 seconds, we would sell out a weekend worth of bagels, which was three, four hundred dozen bagels. And the challenging part was then we had to make them. It wasn't like, you know, if you if you run a bakery and something goes wrong on a Saturday and someone shows up, you could be like, sorry, we're out of croissants. This was you've already paid. Right. Oh, right. I have to fill your order. So we would have days where we get into the kitchen at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and we're blasting music and it's myself, Jasper, and whatever six or seven high school kids he could find that day to help mix dough and boil dough. And I mean, it was wild. I mean, and some of these kids still work with us. I mean, it's 
absolutely just a passionate beginning. And then when people would show up to get their bagels, they would look like a crack in the window of this of this kitchen we're cooking. And there's party music playing and the kids are all smiling and there's dough being tossed and flour everywhere. And that was the coolest club in town on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m. And then every day at 12 o'clock, we'd break it down, clean up the operation and, you know, that's it. Go to sleep and do it again the next day. People decided, no, we want these all the time. And at some point, we cover business here. You start to need some investors or you borrow money from the bank. I don't like that. No. You don't like that. No. So how did you scare up investors? So a guy by the name of Sam Hendel, actually, uh, I met him while I was doing this. Um, and he's like, look, you have a business here. You need to raise money. Let's build this into a business. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, sure. Like, what's, <laughs> I'm making bagels. You know, this is fun. You know, <laughs> bagels in the morning, bloodies in the afternoon. This is a great life. He's like, no, no, no. We need to raise money. So I wound up doing a friends and family kind of seed round. In late 2021. Who said no? I'm always interested in who said, okay, Adam, love you, but. A, a couple people said no. A couple, and, that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We raised like a quarter million dollars. Not much. Um, but there was definitely a lot of demand. Um, last minute, we took in, you know, a couple people who were like, oh, my God, I didn't even know you were raising money. We have to do it. Um, and that was it. Uh, and that was great. And the purpose for that capital raise, I, I think whenever you raise money, you have to have a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just throwing things out. Um, and the other thing I learned was by waiting just a little bit to raise the money, I didn't have to give up so much of my company to do it. Um, so we gave up a very small part of the company for that quarter million dollars. And we used the capital to rent a commissary in uh, a neighboring town and figure out how to tweak the recipe so that we could make the dough in the commissary and not at 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Because my life making bagels <laughs> every day on Saturday and Sunday at 3 o'clock in the morning and making like $1,000 a day doing this and blasting music and, you know, beers at noon, that's a great life that lasts six months. <laughs> and then you got to say, how do I turn this into a real business? Sure. Um, so we took the money, we built out a commissary, and uh, I hired a dough coach. A dough coach? A dough coach. Is that a real job? It's a real job. I hired a dough coach. What he, do they do? He, came, he coaches me. He, my wife used to say he was my shrink. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I would talk to him on dough and, and how do we cold proof this and how do we change just a little bit without ruining the recipe and without ruining what we're doing. And we tweaked like one or two things just a touch. And when did you get an industrial kitchen? I mean, don't at some point you need to go big? So that was a restaurant kitchen. Um, and no, we don't need to go big because all of our spots where we bake are small kitchens. And there's people in the bagel business that who I'm friends with are like, I can't believe you don't use a kettle. Like, no, we don't use a kettle. We cook in pots. I don't need a kettle. It's we are. So our whole business at that time was buying dozens in advance pre-ordered by the dozen for pickup times. So if you had an 8.30 pickup time, your bagels came out of the oven at 8.15. So you're always getting getting fresh. We never used the word hot until I got to New York. Uh, Chef Josh Capon, who I love, and he's been very supportive of me, I cooked at his house once, and he said, when the bagels come out, you got to yell, hot bagels. Yeah, like Krispy Kreme, hot donuts. He's like, you just got to yell it. You got to yell it. So at his house that day, I started yelling, hot bagels! (laughs) 
and that became that went viral on TikTok. Me yelling hot bagels and watching people take first bites of their hot bagels, and that's a whole nother story. But at the time, I really just needed to get this dough process down so that I can make the dough Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, Sunday, I want to turn the lights on at 6 o'clock. I want to start boiling the water. And by 7 o'clock, the bagels are ready. Okay. And we could start doing that without hiring people to run mixers and dough. And the, the variables there were crazy, depending on the weather outside. It was, it was too much. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we will be right back. I know a lot of you have had this experience because for those of us who in 2020 were all sent home and we were stuck in a lockdown during the pandemic, we had a lot of time on our hands and I saw an ad for Masterclass and I thought, I want to better myself. I want access to all of these brilliant people who teach you things. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with more than 200 plus of the world's best and smartest. For just under 10 bucks a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And I don't care, you can wake up one morning and say, I want to learn about business. And then another where you say, I want to learn how to survive in the wild if I have no water and no fire to make me warm. You can access Masterclass on your phone, on your computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. And the classes totally make a difference. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. So also what became too much is that you have this business model where people will pile in, make their orders online. Yep. You realize, I got to open a store. Yeah. Tell me about the first store you opened. Well, that was a year and a half later. So we did that. So we did kept that business model in Westport, and then mm-hmm. we kept it in Reading. And then we kind of kept it in a kind of the Hamptons for two summers, where, again, you had to order in advance, order in advance. And then in January of this year, we signed two leases. One was in Greenwich, Connecticut, and one was in Manhattan. Um, right on Thompson Street, the center of Greenwich Village, next door to Carbone. Were you nervous to Carbone. sign those leases? A Very nervous bit. to sign the lease. Yeah. Very nervous. Yeah. And my lease on in New York, I even got like a weasel out clause. Like, you know, <laughs> listen, if this doesn't work, I need to, you know, you got to let me out of the lease. You got to you gotta let me out. And I'm not going to pay you full rent. I'm going to guarantee you this, but I'll give you a little percent of the revenue on the upside because I'm nervous. What if I don't sell? Um, and our idea for the New York store was we were going to black out the windows and just be a private bagel bakery and have 100 customers a day, and that would be it. And about three or four weeks before we opened, I kind of panicked and was like, what if nobody tries our dough? How are they going to love it? Like, if we're so exclusive, how are people going to not try it? Um, so we kind of created this three bagel and a schmear, grip, rip, and dip you know, eat it on the spot, take it to the park. It's $12. Three bagels and a schmear for $12. I mean, you can't get a sandwich in New York for $12 in nope. those places. No. Nope. So now I have a, one or two people can come in. They can they can get three bagels, one schmear. It's enough food for them. Sometimes they get a second schmear so they can dip and taste. And for under $20, you're, you're feeding two people. I am not going to let the schmear thing go by. Yes. You have come up with very creative 
schmears. Yeah. Talk about those. And how are you manufacturing that? Is that you or is it? Yeah, we make them all. Okay. So you took that on as well. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, I tried the cream cheese and I am, I'm an LA girl. Now, LA bagels versus New York bagels. I've had bagels everywhere I've gone in the world. And you, you really have to be high end to make me happy. I kept thinking to myself, I should be thinking about the bagel. I'm thinking about the cream cheese. This cream cheese is so good. It's wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. But your flavors are very creative. <clears throat> yeah. So we, uh, so when we started again, I wanted to, especially for people that were subscribers, I wanted them every week to get a different flavor, a different taste. So we made it a thing to only have our cream cheeses last one or two weeks and then switch them, switch them, switch them. We never used to offer plain cream cheese. And uh, a couple of people were like, I, come on, I got kids. Traditional. I just, I just need plain cream cheese. I need plain. Same with scallion. They're like, just have scallion. So we now offer <laughs> plain and scallion every week. Uh, and then every week we change our butter and special cream cheese. And this week uh, we collaborated with Condiment Claire, who's a great food influencer. Uh, and we made a whole grain Dijon cream cheese. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we do things like honey chipotle, we do roasted red pepper. Every week we get something great. And we have a lot of brands that reach out to us and we create cream cheese with those brands or butters with those brands. Um, and it just, it keeps it fun. It keeps it exciting. And Well, speaking of fun, <clears throat> when you opened the doors today for the first time down on Thompson Street, yeah, you had somebody behind the counter. Today. Yes. <laughs> oh, my Paul Rudd, one of my favorite actors. I'm sorry. He is so hysterical. Knocked up. He was hysterical in that movie. He went behind the counter. He's an yeah. investor, but I, I'm sure people love that. It was wild. It was wild. And we actually also had J.J. Watt, who's also an investor, oh, a football goodness. player. Um, the two of them, uh, Paul worked the register. J.J. worked the bagel bagging or bagel bouncing, as we call it. Um, <laughs> and it was great. It was like an hour of total impromptu fun. And uh, everyone that came in, you know, I said, you can either get your order right or you can work with the gentleman on the left who's probably going to screw it up. Here's what's <laughs> and that a, was Paul. <laughs> here's what's a little extraordinary. <laughs> You're up against massive competition. Yeah. Um, there's Einstein Bagel, Essa Bagel. I, out in California, Larry King's sure. New York Water Bagels sure. uh, right on Beverly Drive. I've been there many times. Uh, Nate Nels, I you know you got some serious bagel competition. You need to expand. Yep, I would imagine you want to. Yep. How do you do that while maintaining the cult feel and status of pop up bagels? Uh, well, for one, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, two, uh, we actually just closed a Series A financing. Congratulations! Last week. That's I don't know big when money. this is airing, so That's it's either, big money. either last week or a week and a half ago. Um, so we've got some real big investors involved right now. And, uh, you know, we're keeping our playbook. You know, we're not going to add sandwiches. We're not going to bring bread knives into the room. Um, and I think that's going to be important for our expansion is to keep who we are and what we do. Uh, we play a great, you know, French house music mix in our store. You know, while we're waiting for bagels to be baked, the music gets a little louder. So you kind of enjoy yourself while you're waiting. Um, again, we don't make sandwiches. We don't serve old and cold. Um, we think the bagel is, is best 
anywhere from 10 minutes to about an hour and a half out yeah. of the oven. There's a small window of opportunity, people. Yeah, and, and by the way, the bagel's still great the next day. And we have people, you know, every day there's 50 people who come in and buy a dozen and say they're flying to Hawaii or they're flying to L.A. or Miami. It doesn't matter. So you're not shipping. We do ship occasionally. We don't like to ship. We okay. really want you to have that experience. We don't use third-party apps. You know, you can't wake up and say, honey, let's uh, gold belly. Let's we don't use no. gold belly. We don't use Uber Eats or any of that. We just we want you to come. We want you to experience the store. We want you to feel the vibe. We want you to enjoy what you're getting. And the reason we don't really think about other bagel stores, and I think there's some great ones out there and I congratulate the successful ones. And, mm-hmm. You know, they've all done great things. I don't think about it because it's not what we do. When we were in the New York bagel competition, you know, bagel fest for two years in a row. The reason we won by a landslide in both events is because we're the only product that's different. Everyone else has the same product. Let me say what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the everything. Yep. It's encrusted with everything. And that's what I like. I hate when they do this vague dip and then you don't really, you know, you don't get... Or a sprinkle. No, 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 no. Come on. I need to be... I need it all over my teeth. Yeah. That's disgusting, Liz. Uh, But (laughs) your flavors. You have a limited number of flavors. Uh, we do. We make everything sesame, poppy, plain, and salt. We have the occasional very controversial cinnamon raisin bagel that we That's break out. That's very controversial. It's very controversial. We break it out about every two months. Uh, I'm a hard no on that, by the I, way. You know, I actually, when you try it with our maple syrup butter, you become a hard yes. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you may have to pay me to try that. I, I am such a purist about that. I'm like, cinnamon, you. raisin. Yeah. W-T. So and part of the controversy, by the way, is our kitchen smells completely different. Oh, right. Our kitchen smells like cinnamon. If you were to walk on Thompson Street, depending on how the wind is, within a block and a half of our store, you can smell our store. You can smell the bagels. Mm. It's like nothing you could imagine. When we make cinnamon raisin bagels, totally different. God. What was the crowd like when you opened? Uh, So we opened four months ago. Uh, It was a slow start. It was, uh, you know, we had our regulars that were coming in, and I remember about two weeks later, I was I was explaining to our GM, Rob, who, you know, we call him the captain of the ship. I said, you know, it's I think there's just going to be a line at some point. And I remember the first day we had a line, there were like 20 people online. It was right after Sister Snacking went and said, this is the best bagel they've ever had. And and they're as top as it gets in the, in the food influence world. Um, and there were 20 people online, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Sorry, guys, go home. And I cut the line. I was like, I was waiting for this line. And the first time we got it, I panicked and said, you guys got to go home. We're going to run out of bagels. So there is that psychology of you don't want to disappoint customers. Never. 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 So you've you've gotten your your sea legs, your bagel legs now. You're not yeah. panicking. Yeah. Now we have average 200 people online every Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to ask who did panic. Did the flood mitigation boss panic when you said, <laughs> I, I got a Fisher cut bait. I've got to choose one or the other. Was that a tough decision not to go back to your old job? Uh, you know, actually, I, I still have a piece of that business. I'm still mm-hmm. I'm still uh, advising in there. Um, just in case. Just in case. Uh, but no, I mean, it was not a tough decision. I mean, this is this is a passion. You know, I talked earlier. I told you that I play guitar. Um in my life, my favorite thing to do outside of being with my family is to play guitar on stage, whether it's for 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people. There's nothing I've ever done that made, that gave me the high that making bagels does like that. I mean, it's like 
it's the same thing because you, you make this product that makes everyone so happy. And you leave your store and you walk through Washington Square Park and you see 300 people eating your product on a sunny Saturday. And it's the greatest feeling. So there was no question in my mind this was what I was going to pursue at this point. If a bigger bagel company looked at you and offered you a lot of dough to buy your dough, what would you say right now? I mean, it depends on what you think a lot of dough is. <laughs> but this is such a depends passion. Depends on what you think a lot of dough is. We just we just raised $8 million for a, <gasps> wow. for, a, for a minority part of the business. And what will you do with it? Uh, we're going to hire out a team that knows how to grow uh, with keeping the vibe. Uh, we're going to open seven to 10 locations in 2024, and uh, we're going to set ourselves up for national expansion. That is exciting. Okay, I want our listeners to really understand this started with, I'm bored, let's make bagels. Yeah. So nobody really has an excuse, right? I mean, it's not easy, but the climb is fun, isn't it? The climb is the best. And the one thing I can say is like, you know, the saying of you have to work your tail off, mm -hmm. you do. Do the work. You have to do the work. I've been working 100-hour weeks for the last three years. Easy, minimum. And if something breaks, you go fix it. If something, 2 a.m., the refrigerator turns off, you figure out how to get a generator in there. You figure out what to do. It is nonstop. There is no such thing as, oh, I've got a great product that's going to sell itself. It's not. It helps to have a great product. But it's a, it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And none of this came easy. It was, you know, very supportive family, very supportive friends. Um, but it's not easy. Did anybody in the family, because we have a lot of people sitting in that chair that you're in yeah. right now, starting up um, a, a business, uh, our buddy from Untuck It, you know, the shirt yep. company, he said people were saying to him, honey, we love you, but what are you doing? Yeah. No. Not a one. They, it, you, you taste the bagel and you just, you just know that was it. They were like, you have, everyone, you have to do this. You have to pursue this. Oh, this is such a great story. It, social media has really helped though too. Right? Social media has been great. And, and, you know, our social media story is that, you know, my wife and I, again, on day one, when we took the Instagram account with like four followers on it, we said, look, this is going to be our voice. This is going to be us. Mm -hmm. We're going to say what we feel. We're going to, if we're traveling and making bagels somewhere, we're going to post it. We're going to, we're just going to have fun with this. We're not going to try and stage this or pretend we're anyone else. And I think that's also what's really helped us is we've stayed true to ourselves, and, and just really our social media from day one to today, three years later, hasn't really changed. We have more fun people involved and, and longer lines to look at, but. Is there a dream location you're aiming for? Of course, New York City. I mean. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But I'm kind of hoping you come to Beverly Hills so that when I go home on vacation, you'll be there. L.A. is in the works. Already? Uh, 25. Okay. 2025. Um, no, I mean, I have to tell you, our dream location was to open in New York oh, and see how it goes. So great. And that was it. Let's see what happens when we open in New York. And we just blew away all of our expectations. So right now we're living the dream. What is your message to somebody who's toiling? I mean, it sounds like you were pretty passionate about what you were doing anyway in flood mitigation. That's yeah. a, I, I get into that stuff, so I get that. But what do you say to people who think there's there's something more out there 
that will really energize me and make me psyched to work 100 hours a week. What do you say to them? I think you got to – I mean there's two things I've always said since starting this and in any time I've, I've been interviewed. One of them is if you can't make money when before you scale, don't bother scaling because like if you, if you have a passion that you're going to lose money on when you're just doing it for your family and friends, you're going to lose a lot of money when you do it for more people. Like you can't do that. So you got to find something that actually has a business model that works. Um, but really you just got to, you got to find something and stick to it. You know, so many times along the way I could have partnered with a deli or, you know, sold my bagels as a sandwich or all of these things that I don't want it to be, or I've been offered, Hey, let's sell your bagged bagels at the farm stand. And I'm like, no, we don't sell bagged bagels. We sell fresh from the oven bagels. We sell them by the dozen or in New York by the three pack. We want you to go home. We want you to go to your friends. We want you to share these on the table and, and have a moment, have an experience together. And th- so what I tell people is find something that you do or love and how is it different from everyone else? And if you can prove that it's different from what everyone else is offering and that you can make money doing it, then it's worth pursuing. Adam Goldberg of Pop-Up Bagels. Congratulations. Thank you. And it feels like you're only at the beginning of a very long runway. Hopefully just the beginning. Okay. Well, the competition will come after you. It's fine. It's It's fine. fine. There's there's so many bagel eaters in this world. (laughs) Think about how many great pizzerias there are. That's right. Good point. 17 burger restaurants within one mile on a highway. Uh, Listen. You can do it. There can be more than one bagel spot. But... There is only one pop-up bagel. It's true. Not famous, but known. Yes. Congratulations and good luck. Thank you so much. Oh, it was so I love great it. being here. It's killed me, you guys, that I haven't been able to eat the bagel while I was talking to Adam. <laughs> so excuse me if I dump out of this, but this is the kind of story that I, I'm very glad to bring you. It's important because Adam is a perfect example of somebody who, I mean, uh, how many times did I hear people complain about being in lockdown Look what he spawned from this. Is that the right word? Is that a little weird? Um, but look what he grew it's a good from word. this. Good word. Yeah, it's a good, it's good word. word. It's a good word. SAT word. A five, $10 word. It's a $5 it's... word. Uh, but thank you for tuning in, as always. I am so grateful to you guys. If you're in New York or Connecticut, check out Pop-Up Bagels and uh, certainly pass the word about the podcast and the story that Adam has just told. Thanks so much for joining us once again. I'll see you at 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on The Claim and Countdown. Want to listen ad-free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.